We just stepped on their face with a hobnailed boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Title Run Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay, coming to you today from the Highlight Factory Studios, talk to you about some Atlanta Hawks basketball, and specifically to ask the question, is Trey Young the best point guard in the Eastern Conference? And why is the answer yes? <laughs> if you're new to the show, please subscribe on your podcasting platform. Please follow us on social media, Facebook and Twitter, and you can always email us, titlerunsports at gmail.com. So we're a third of the way through the NBA season, and there is one Hawks-related storyline that really hasn't been talked about a lot, in my opinion. It's the All-NBA play of Trey Young. I started to ask the question, is Trey the best point guard in the NBA? But I stopped myself because, truthfully, we all know it's Steph Curry, and the conversation really stops and starts there. And it's kind of tricky because Steph Curry is a point guard in name. I'm doing air quotes here. But But really, Steph Curry is kind of a unicorn. He is a great passer, but his gravity creates shots for his teammates more so than his actual drive and kick passing ability or ball movement. So he's weird in the sense that he is probably the most impactful player in the NBA on the offensive end, but he doesn't necessarily generate a lot of direct assists by ball handling and passing. But anyways, Steph Curry is without question the most impactful offensive player in the NBA, and without question... Steph Curry, as a point guard, ranks ahead of Trey Young. So I, I, I scaled it down to say, is Trey Young the best point guard in the Eastern Conference? And really the question is, is he playing at an All-NBA level? If you're making an All-NBA team today, would you slot in Trey Young alongside Steph Curry on your first team, or even your second team? And I think one of the reasons that Trey's play isn't getting a lot of attention from the, from the national basketball media is the fact that the Hawks, as a team, have been pretty up and down. They started 4-9 with a six-game losing streak and got hot, won six in a row, got the record all the way up to 12-10. and 10. Then Bogdan Bogdanovich, Cam Reddish get hurt, and the team goes on a 3-5 and five slide, which they're still in, a tailspin that's included a lot of really puzzling and honestly kind of concerning fourth-quarter meltdowns. Very much reminiscent of the first half of last season under Lloyd Pierce. And I hate to even bring it up. The Hawks are just 3-7 and seven in clutch games, and they have the worst clutch time offensive rating in the NBA at, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, 77.5. Y'all, like, I cannot emphasize to you how, like, astronomically bad that is. I mean, it's always tougher to score at the end of games in the NBA, but an offensive rating of 77 means they're not even averaging a point per possession. Three-fourths of a point per possession. I just can't explain to you how horribly bad that is. As for Trey, he kind of mirrored the team's slow start. And people began the lazy narrative that the rule changes were hurting Trey. That's turned out to be complete BS. Um, Hasn't been true at all. Hasn't been accurate at all. He's been a rock. And so, whether you look at the traditional counting stats or advanced metrics, Trey, by any measure you can come up with, is just absolutely killing it. So, while all of those rule changes were supposed to hurt Trey's efficiency, he's averaging more points per game than he did last year at 27.3. He's shooting the highest total percentage of his career at 46%. 37.7% from three on seven attempts. So, his three-point volume is up over last year, and his efficiency is up. And even though he's only averaging, I said four 
attempts. He's averaging six free throw attempts per game. He's shooting at 89%, a career high. And he's averaging 9.3 assists, the same number he averaged last year. And his turnovers are down. What's crazy is that Trey leads all NBA guards in player efficiency, higher by two points than Steph Curry, which is insane. He's top five in the entire NBA in PER, and player efficiency is one of those stats that takes into account field goal percentage and then all your counting stats. So it kind of mixes efficiency with production to come up with a number. And the leading guys in the stats are always, always, always big men because of the fact they're always going to have high shooting efficiency numbers because they're shooting close to the goal, and they're going to have a lot more rebounds, which adds to the efficiency rating. So... Trey is in the top five in PER at 25.63, which is the highest of any guard in the NBA. Second overall in the NBA in scoring right now. Yes, Trey Young is second in the NBA in scoring and third in assists behind Chris Paul and James Harden. He is having a great year as far as his counting stats. But not only that, his offensive impact is extraordinarily high. If you're not familiar with Basketball Index, they are a website that has their own metric called the LeBron rating, which is an acronym for... Luck adjusted, blah, 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 blah. But anyways, it measures impact per 100 possessions. It's very similar to, it's very efficiency to other metrics like real plus minus, which basically says per 100 possessions, how much do you impact winning? So on the offensive end of the floor, the player with the highest LeBron rating is Steph Curry. Number two is Trey Young. And Trey Young comes in at two and a half wins added to the team. In addition to that, the Hawks also rank third in the NBA in overall offensive rating at a 113. They are one of the best offenses in the NBA, and that's with injuries to several of their best perimeter players. And I think the reason that Trey is not getting the kind of attention that this kind of really high-level production deserves is a few different factors. One, the Hawks have a middling record. They're 14 and 15. The most they've been above 500 this year is two games, so... They haven't really made the kind of impact in the standings that we hoped they might. Actually, they might have started the year 4-1. and one, But they haven't made the kind of impact in the statistics that we thought they would. We'd hoped that they would be a team that's floating around the top four right now, and they're not. Do I think they will get there? I think they probably will, but they're not right now. So they're not in the conversation from that standpoint. And they're not beating good teams. We're not beating the teams at the top of the Eastern Conference. We beat the Bucks when they were injured, but we haven't beaten the Nets. And... And people just aren't really believing that this team is ready to compete with those teams because they're not seeing us beat those teams. And those factors are compounded by what I just mentioned. The Hawks are one of the worst clutch time teams in the NBA. And Trey is part of the problem. And if there was any knock you're going to have on Trey, it's this, his clutch time performance. So Trey's usage rates, which usually floats around the mid-30s, when the usage is the number of possessions that lead to a shot attempt, pass, turnover. So basically, it's the number of possessions that a player uses that in that possession. Um, his usually floats around in the mid-30s and jumps up to 47%, which even for a primary ball-dominant ball handler like Trey is astronomical. But the result has been a really significant dip in his efficiency. His offensive rating falls to a... Mind-numbing is 77. It usually floats around 111, somewhere between 111 and 113. It drops to a 77, and he has a net rating, which is your offensive on-court splits and your defensive on-court splits, the difference between those. His net rating is negative 33. 
And he's just shooting 37% from the field in clutch time. And this is insane. But in the Hawks' 10 clutch time games, he has not made a three-pointer. So, is Trey unclutch? Obviously not. It's ridiculous to even suggest that. I mean, in last year's playoffs, he thrived in those same situations. He led all players in the playoffs in clutch time points through the end of the conference finals. And he's clearly capable of carrying a team in these situations. But right now, he is scuffling with the Hawks shorthanded on shooting and perimeter defense. And a lot of Trey's flaws in the defensive ends are being magnified right now because he's not getting the same kind of help from his wing defenders. He's been pretty bad on defense again. He's trying, but I mean, Trey needs help to be an effective defender. And it can be done because you're watching someone like Steph Curry, who is a better defender than Trey, but is far from being an elite defender. Steph Curry has positive defensive impact metrics, even though Steph Curry is not a great on-ball defender and never has been. Steph is a very smart defender. He's a very good team defender, and he's part of a very, very good team defensive system anchored by probably the best defensive player in the NBA this year and Draymond Green. Trey was passed on defense last year because of very similar things. He had really strong wing defenders around him um, when Radish was healthy and DeAndre Hunter was healthy and them. Kevin Hurd was a very much improved wing defender and then a really good defensive anchor in Clint Capella. Capella's still been good, but not as good as he was last year. There is no Nyeke Kongwu off the bench to come anchor when Capella's out of the game. John Collins has been playing almost exclusively backup five minutes when Capella's out of the game. And they don't have the wing defense of Reddish and Hunter readily available to help offset some of it. Now, in Reddish's play, he's been phenomenal on defense. But the result is that with Trey having to close games with Timothy Luabu Cabarro and Clint Capella on the floor, he can't generate the kind of offensive looks that the Hawks need to succeed. And so he's been forced into playing a lot of hero ball. Perfect example is go watch the fourth quarter of last week's Nets game where Trey is hot. He's the only one that can make anything. And the Nets are just putting Kevin Durant on him, trapping him, and making him get the ball to anyone else who can't make shots. I think Loab, I think uh, TLC was 0 for 8 on threes in that game or something similar to that. And so this is part of the issue. Trey is a great player. He cannot carry the Hawks with this current mix of players with, with so many people hurt, especially Bogdanovich and Hunter. Reddish is back, and he's been, he's been pretty good, but... The Hawks, who have been the best three-point shooting team in the NBA this year, percentage-wise, have not shot three well the last few games. And these fourth quarters, teams are just ganging up on Trey, making him play hero ball, meaning he's taking contested shots. He's giving the ball up in traps, getting turning the ball over, or other guys are just clanking. And I think that these fourth-quarter performances are kind of hurting the narrative on just how good Trey's been. Now, once the Hawks get their full complement of players back, start winning some of these games and get their record back above the playing line, I think some of the attention will come. I absolutely think that if the All-NBA team was picked today, it would be Trey Young and Steph Curry. He has outplayed James Harden. He has outplayed Damian Lillard. He is outplaying Bradley Beal. And he's also outplaying the wonder kid himself, Luka Doncic. And this brings up the final point that I want to address in this week's podcast. It's amazing the crickets you hear when Trey's performing really well and Luka is not. Now, when I say Luka is not performing well, he's averaging 25-7, and seven, so it ain't like he's been a bum this year. But the Mavs, just like the Hawks, are scuffling. They're right around 500. Luka's been in and out of the lineup a little bit. I believe they're actually 12-9 and nine in the games he's played, whereas the Hawks are 14-15 and 15 in the games that Trey Young has played. But 
they're not winning at a high level. Luka is overweight. There are rumors that he came in over, close to 260 pounds for the second year in a row. And when you watch that team, they do not look like a team that is ready and primed for a deep playoff run. Now, you could say the same thing about the Hawks, but the Hawks last year made a deep playoff run. For so long, it was the Hawks made a mistake. The Hawks made a mistake. Luka's the better player. Luka's the better player. And, you know, Luka has been the better player to this point of their careers. But we told this to so many Hawks fans, people that supported the – people like me that defended the trade and said, hey, hold on, let's wait and see. Is Luka the better player? Yes, he is right now. Trey's going to improve, and who knows – Maybe the gap will close to the point that when you throw in what Cam Reddish becomes, it's conceivable that the trade is a win for the Hawks. Well, last year, a lot of that noise went away when the Hawks make a deep playoff run and Luka loses in the first round of the playoffs for the second year in a row. What's interesting is, at that point, the narrative changes. When Luka doesn't perform well, when Luka's team loses in the first round of the playoffs and Trey's team makes an improbable run to the Eastern Conference Finals, and if he doesn't hurt his ankle possibly could have upset the Bucks. the narrative comes, can you imagine what Luke would do if he had that roster and that deep bench? Which my response was, wait a minute, we're comparing rosters now? Where were you when Trey was out there running with Jabari Parker, Alex Lynn, Travion Graham, Alan Crabb, and that other group of busters that Travis Slink picked up? Nobody was talking about rosters then when Luka was running around with Tim Hardaway Jr., Jalen Brunson, and Chris Stapps Przingis. So I don't like the narrative swapping. What I hate is that right now, Trey is not getting enough credit, A. And B, people aren't willing to say, hey, you know what? It's time to stop talking about Luka and Trey. Because people only want to compare them when, when Luka does something great. But when Trey's doing great and Luka is playing well, but not up to the MVP standards that a lot of people predicted he would play at this year. Radio silence. So Hawks fans, if you've been a loyal Trey supporter, this is your time to glow. I want to tell you this. Trey is our guy. He's playing at a super high level. And I believe that when this team gets healthy, we are positioned for another deep run that's going to cement him as the second best point guard in the NBA. This has been Dave Bethay for the Tyron Sports Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening.